0: Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Path to Pro Soccer Podcast. I'm your host John Russo. Today's guest is a current player for Union Omaha of USL's League One, Faraday Sosa. Well, Faraday, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time.
1: No problem, man. I appreciate you having me.
0: Well, Faraday, I want to start at the beginning. Um, When were you first
1: introduced to the game? Well, I was first introduced once I was, once uh, we moved to France when I was younger, around three years old. So after I was born in Congo, we grew up in France for a while. And uh, I got introduced just playing on the streets and playing. Uh, we were in the outskirts still of France, so we were in in Cray. They pronounce it Cray. Mm-hmm. So it's more uh, like uh, up up north of uh, Paris.
0: Up north of Paris. Awesome. What, what team did you grow up uh, supporting?
1: I was always a PSG fan, so uh, still to this day, I'm a PSG fan.
0: Still to this day, I love it. Uh, were there, um, I mean, right when you're, I mean you're 29 years old, so uh, Thierry Henry was that a big influence? I know he was a huge name. Obviously, growing up supporting that French national team, Zidane. Uh, any 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 player in particular that you looked up to?
1: Oh, for sure, we had a lot of we had a lot of good role models at the time. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, Thierry Henry. We had Zidane. I mean, before then, we even had Cantona, we had, mm. you know, Barthez, we had a lot of leaders in yeah. high levels at the time, especially after they won 98. Um, we really started getting on the map. So, yeah. for sure, Zidane was a, a guy that I was looking up to, Terry Henry. Uh, I even liked Trezeguet uh, at one time, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, Benzema is still a uh, one of the guys, oh, yeah. you know, so I, it, it was a lot of great talent growing up through there, and so, and the young guys are doing just the, the same effect right now, so.
0: How vividly do you remember that 98 World Cup final?
1: Uh, I remember that one like it was yesterday. That's when I really fell in love because hmm. uh, I was still there, and um, I remember we were just watching the World Cup on the small, on the small little screen, you know, and it was my my father my uncle and uh, a couple of the guy friends and it was just all of us the guys you know just watching tv on on the small little old school tv you know and in, in 98 we didn't have those little those flat screens so
0: yeah.
1: we had the box TVs and it was just it was a great time because as soon as we won the the, the city of france went crazy i mean uh, everybody outside is honking their horns you know it's like a party outside you know and there i was i was only 8 years old but i remember I remember that very vividly
0: Uh, was soccer, something your father was into. And did you have any siblings who were playing as well?
1: Yeah. I have a younger sister also that's pursuing soccer. So she, she plays and she goes to Nova, Florida. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's only two of us. And, um, my father was, uh, growing up, he was just a goalkeeper. You know, he never really made it big time. He Mm. played in the lower leagues. So he had a big passion into it. And, um, he was actually a good shot stopper until I got better. Definitely,
0: Faraday, you started your pro career in France with FC Aubervilliers. Uh, I would love to hear about that, and and how did that even come to fruition?
1: So after right after high school, we um, we had kind of connections in, in in France still because you know we still have um, from my dad playing. He had uh, friends there, and uh, my my younger cousin actually still plays in France, so. We were able to get videos to ask for a trial. Oh, so we got a trial. We ended up. I ended up walking on as a trialist there and staying there two years. Um, it's funny because that's basically like my life story. I've just been uh, one of those guys that walk on trial and try to give the, the best that I can, you know, to show who I am and just give myself a platform. So that that's the story about France and. Uh, Great atmosphere in France because, again, the, the the game there is analyzed differently. uh Everybody's playing, so there's more talent everywhere, especially mm-hmm. on the streets of France. Uh, I don't know if you know, like these guys, they play five v five pickup game every day. Huh? On a small little football on a small little basketball court, I would say. You know, but. It's game after game after game, and you can stay out there all day because it's uh almost like you have five teams and if if you lose you're out, you know, yeah, you have to wait five more guys to play again, so it it gets pretty competitive and there, like I said, there's a lot of unseen talent in France huh. then once you kind of combine it all together you get you get some good some good some good soccer there,
0: interesting. Well, after that, you find yourself back stateside, playing for the Carolina Railhawks. Do you mind talking about that experience?
1: Uh, I grew up. So when we migrated from France, we, we stationed ourselves in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, that's where I, I basically called home and where I came and brought my... That's where I started playing youth soccer and organized soccer there. Uh, at one point, it, it was uh, Castle Academy, and then it just grew. So north carolina was a big uh raleigh especially was a big stepping stone for me so for the carolina redhawks to kind of take me under their wings and try to you know uh mold me as a soccer player mm-hmm. i was very appreciative for for that aspect so great times with the redhawks uh, shout out to dewan Bader and uh colin clark for just giving me that opportunity
0: how do you see the Overall, obviously, with a, a wider range of talent, but from playing professionally in France and, and playing professionally in the states, what's the biggest difference in your eyes?
1: The biggest difference is just the the growth. You know, we're 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 processing that in the U.S. Hmm. These guys have years ahead of us, so they they're they 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 invest in their youth a little bit differently. You know, hmm. I would say that. Here in America is just is it's new that it's almost like lucrative, you know, so it's uh, more of a business versus a a long term thing, you know. Interesting, yeah. And I would think that France, they they just to say like promotion regulation, they have they have all that stuff going on, so they're keeping you you know interested in the game, and the game is more more looked at. I would say it's like you know. Playing basketball or playing football here, you know everybody's watching that they even to the lower tiers college football basketball yeah. people are watching that, so France is the same thing. everybody's supporting their own city, everybody's supporting their, their, their little town and yeah the the, the the product just comes from everywhere
0: hmm no that's well put do you think what for the u s to i mean do you think the uh, the question we act- we ask often on the show is uh do you think that promotion and relegation in the U S do you think that would help out what we have going on? Or do you think it'd be detrimental this early on?
1: Well, it's, it's just early on. I think some stadiums aren't at, aren't at capacity yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And until the, the lower level stadiums are all kind of equal or similar. I mean, of course some stadiums would be different, but until the stadiums are at high quality, I don't think that that could work yet. I mean, Maybe for the USL it could probably work, but for the MLS, USL, and everybody to combine all at once, it will definitely be tough. Okay, I like the I like what they've done when they combine the Mexican League and the U.S. in the U.S. League now in the to the Medica Cup. Okay, yeah, I, I like I like that a lot. Now um, I think that that's that's gonna help the MLS and, and American soccer as well, but. For relegation, promotion, relegation, I don't know. I don't know how long till we can get accustomed to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, So after the Carolina Railhawks, you found yourself with the Atlanta Silverbacks. Uh, Do you mind talking about your time with them? I've heard great things about that program.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, Atlanta was, after it turned into my second home, just by how well they took me in, Uh, the Silverbacks was a great program because it was a lot of I would say second-chance kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of those guys really didn't go to college. A lot of those guys might have got rejected somewhere else. And um, Eric Guinalda kind of put us all together and uh, gave us that second chance. And it showed on the field. You know, we did some great things that year in the NASL. We um, even ended up winning uh, the conference championship. So we were playing, uh, we were the champs for the first half, and then we got to go against New York Cosmos which was a big club at the time. We had big players like Michael Senna was there and, uh, you know, big, big, big player names. And um, we actually lost at at home against uh, Cosmos. Michael Senna hit a banger, which, you know, it was acceptable. (laughs) We we, we fought very very well, and um, that was a great start to my U.S. career right there.
0: Definitely. No, definitely. And uh, then you jumped from the Atlanta Silverbacks. You went to the Wilmington Hammerheads. Uh, Those experiences, do you mind comparing them?
1: Yeah. uh, So after spending about three years at at, at Silverbacks, you know, um, I go to Wilmington and going to Wilmington was a great experience as well. You know, Um, not as not as big of a of a town. But definitely, uh, very supportive when it came to the soccer. We had uh, a lot of younger guys too, a lot of younger coaches. So Mike Briggs, that was I think was his first uh, head coach job there at Wilmington, and he did. A, him and Matt did a great job. I mean, they both have titles now to show for it, so that shows uh, their coaching tactics and their their philosophies. Uh, so Wilmington was a great um, was a great year for me there. I mean, I, I actually did my ankle that year. Um, so I was out for a long time for about eight months where mm-hmm. I, I I broke my ankle and I was out for, for a very long time. I mean, uh, even on my recovery session, it, it took me a while to get back, but uh, it was a good experience. But after Wilmington is when, uh, you know, as a soccer player, you have to stay fit. You know, if you're not fit, then you, you miss your window. So I ended up missing the window in Wilmington and coming back to Atlanta.
0: And what what was the initial, when you broke your ankle, how did you handle that mentally? Because obviously it's a physical burden, but I think the mental toll can be just as, if not worse.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The mental part, um, you know, everybody wants to get back on the field. Um, The mental part is after you're healed and being just as explosive or if you're a fast player, you know, as fast or as technical, or, you know, want to get back to that to that regular self. So I think the the mental part is really just getting back into play and getting into tackles. Me as a defender, you know, I'm uh, uh I, that's my strength. You know, tackling and getting getting in there. So just just that part, getting back on it, is the is the main thing. Um, like I said, I missed my window for from not being healthy and not being ready to go. Hmm. and ended up sitting out a year so that really played on me mentally and it's easy as a soccer player to get lost under the, the to get lost in the cracks you know they say if you're sitting out it's not the best thing for you but i was able to stay motivated stay uh disciplined and able to to still get my chance back in the league.
0: And then eventually, obviously, you went back to uh, the Atlanta Silverbacks, and you found yourself with the Las Vegas Lights again under the the, the coach uh, Eric Winalda. What was it like playing for uh, Coach Winalda, who is a a legend in the U.S. game?
1: It's a it's a it's a great thing because you know he's he's done a lot of great things, so he's seen a lot of he's seen a, he's he knows what it takes to become a, a legend. You know, he's uh, scored some amazing goals. He's done some great things in the league. And you just wanna do the same thing, so it was a great it was a great experience playing for Winall the both times and I definitely um put a lot of respect on his name, you know, and definitely respect him a lot
0: definitely uh now uh Faraday, you're in omaha omaha nebraska playing for union omaha um and obviously kind of a different start here to the to the uh to your time with this team, considering the the pandemic, um, but how are you looking forward to the season? I mean, uh, I'm I'm, ter- I'm curious about your goals for this season and what's life like in Nebraska. The,
1: uh, well, my goals for Omaha, to, I'll, I'll say right now is uh, I would like to bring I would like to bring that um, that spark that they haven't had here yet. You know, o- Omaha is a new new city, the soccer is just now growing here where I think we're the only professional sport here in Omaha. So I kind of want to leave a, a great taste in their mouth, you know, Uh have that winter mentality. Hopefully, hopefully win a title here real quick, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, kind of help the younger guys find their self uh, pathway into the higher leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Omaha, I definitely, like I said, it's a small town, but it's a very, uh, very family oriented town, so everybody really supports each other here. And especially through this time, they've Jay and uh, Joel and all the management at Union Omaha have been doing a wonderful job and taking care of us and making sure that we are uh, in the best shape and matter and uh, very staying healthy.
0: Your career to date is it seems so much about growth, development and then this journey and, and obviously be able to play stateside then go over to France, back to France and come back and playing on all these different teams. Uh, to, to what extent now you're 29. Are you, are you finding it upon yourself naturally just taking people under your wing and kind of spreading what you learned? Uh, is that a role that you like to assume or, or, or not as much?
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm a, I don't know. Once you get to know me, I, I give back a lot. And I think mm-hmm. that's my way of giving back, you know, um, kind of giving the guys the knowledge on how to become professionals. Everybody wants to become a pro, but they really don't know what it takes or what they have to go through, you know? So if I could share my experience, hopefully it could kind of trigger the next person to go and do the same thing. You know, Um, if it's, if it's, if it's presented, you have to go and try to take it, you know, exactly.
0: Faraday, I would love to get your thoughts on Path to Pro as an organization, and and I need to hear this fabled bike story, if you will.
1: Yeah, Path to Pro is a great organization. Eric and Gustavo, they they were around, I guess, from when they started, and very good people. Um, I actually ran into them for my first combine, actually, so like I told you, I was out after the... um, After Wilmington, it was just uh, playing with Silverbacks, but they were like NPSL at the time. So I was just trying to get back into the league, and I go I Google online and I see that Path to Pro has a combine. So I guess it wasn't really big at the time, and you know uh, it was kind of a journey to go from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way to California. But I made I made the trip, you know, tried to get an Airbnb close to the to the to the area. And um, I just didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a, a car at the time. Uh, it was a uh, way over my budget already to get there, and I'm just like, man, I just got to get out there and give myself a chance, you know. So I ended up renting a, a city bike. Uh-huh. I, it was a city bike that you kind of rent out throughout the day, and um, I rode it. I rode it to the to the combine. So every time we kind of. Every time we had a game, I just kind of rode. It was a great warm up too. After, yeah, I think about it. it was yeah, like a good a good twenty minute bike ride in San Diego. So it was a great scenery. You know, you just I almost used that bike ride like my time to meditate. You know, just to oh,
0: nice
1: focus and be ready for for the combine. I mean, I'm pulling up to the <laughs> to the combine. I'm already drenched in sweat. These guys are already warming up. I just get on the field and, you know, try to put my stuff on real quick, almost very amateur looking, you know? Yeah. But ju- just put my head down and say, man, nothing's going to stop me, man. I'm, I'm going to make it there and I'm going to just do my best, you know? And um, that's when I, I became a Path to Pro member that I did, I think probably like two, three weeks later, you know, I, uh, these guys, they took me in and Eric was, very upfront with me and Gustavo was very upfront with me. And um, we just been building a relationship ever since. And now it's just growing to a big, a big combine that people really want to go and kind of give themselves a chance. You know,
0: that is a great story. I've heard pieces of it. So it's, it's cool to hear it all in real time. Now switching gears a bit of Faraday with the murder of George Floyd and the protests going around the country, around the world, really, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts about the the stand against racism and the anti-racism work that's being done. And if you have any stories to share about your experience as a black man in the U.S., I would love to hear that as well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, right now it's it's a very critical time in the nation. I mean, it's uh, a lot of extra commotion that's going on right now that could kind of be prevented. And I think people are just tired of it. You know, Um, George George Floyd was just another example of many things that police do you know um we 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 want the police to be our, our safety unit and not uh kind of a, a bailout card you know they can't just overuse their power so I think uh with the George situation is just something that we've as as a black man in America that we we go through all our lives you know it's almost like uh you have to come out you have to come out and be professional at all times you have to kind of walk with a shield and make sure that you're not getting yourself involved in uh, unnecessary activities or uh, you know, we were taught how to conduct ourselves around police officer. Yes sir, no sir, you know. uh, Have your hands up and visible at all times, you know, move slow. So as a black man in America, you kind of have to be cautious, you know. Uh, Everything you say could probably be twisted and turning against you. So I think that perception of, of 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 guys just being angry or, you know, breaking the law needs to stop because um, it, it, it's it's just it's spiraling in a bad cycle, you know, and just a just a to top back on George Floyd and, and uh, Minneapolis, correct? Um, same thing kind of happened to us. We were in um, we were in, uh, playing a game versus Minnesota United. We ended up having a great, uh, a great game against Minnesota United. This is, I was playing with Atlanta at the time. Uh, We step out to try to, you know, enjoy, enjoy the night before we have to go about very professionally. Of course, you know, not, not um, nothing too crazy. And um, we actually had two Caucasian uh, women that were kind of taking us around. It was uh, myself and two minorities. So a, a Hispanic guy and another black guy and you know, they're from the town, so they're kind of showing us around, and uh, we actually go back to their place to kind of get freshened up, so and then we could uh, uh, pursue the night, you know, because they came to our game, and, you know, we were trying to be very brief before we left out, and it kind of, one little step like that could have probably tricked all of us off the wrong path, so um, we were hanging out in the hotel, and then the hotel lobby. Of course, we're not making very much noise. We're just, you know, hanging hanging down there, just waiting for the friend to freshen up and get proper clothes on before we left. And the security was um, very was very aggressive with us. You know, he was um, he threatened to call the police on us, telling us to leave premises, hmm. which we we haven't we haven't done anything wrong. We're explaining to him like, hey, we're we're not from here. We're from out of town. You know, we're. We, we play soccer. Like we, we're not, we're not troublemakers here, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, he kind of was walking around, you know, kind of using his, uh, using his power to, you know, maybe in the wrong way, I would say, um, Mm -hmm. he came in, uh, he actually started forcing us out the hotel. So he, uh, kind of came and aggressed us and, um, actually was forcing us out the hotel, called the police on us, and uh, cops ended up coming to the hotel, you know? So it, it, so it got pretty ugly very fast. And um, we almost, you know, it, it could have went, it could have went very left field because he he threatened to like, give us a trespassing charge. We don't need trespassing charges as soccer players, you know? Especially if we have had somebody kind of invite us over so, um mm-hmm. luckily, there was another minority cop that was uh familiar with what happens in minnesota, and he 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 cut us a break, you know, he kinda looked over look- looked who we are, and luckily he was part of the he liked uh Minnesota United, so we all checked out at that point, but just tying back in with it's almost uh-huh. like you know we were kinda guilty to a proven innocent, you know we were We were, we were kind of, we were, we were definitely treated unfair. Um, Mm -hmm. We weren't the only people in the hotel. It was just, uh, we were probably the younger people in the hotel. So, yeah, that Mm -hmm. was a story there that, that kind of tied back to the George Floyd situation. It made me kind of open up my eyes more. And, um, yeah, we have to, we have to talk about this and don't let it die down. You know, um, black lives do matter. And, uh, Mm-hmm. It, it starts, it starts from there, you know, it starts from there. You know? And once we get that, once we get that down pack, I think that we'll be transitioning to a better, a better America. I mean, it is America, but you know, we're still living in restrictions, you know, and that's what yeah. I, that's what I, that's what I have to say about that.
0: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your words and um, the fact that you're able to bring that back to Minnesota as well. Thank you for, saying that. You're right, Black Lives Matter. These conversations are important. Well, Faraday, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I very much appreciate it and appreciate your insight. Is there anything uh, right now, any uh, social media uh, accounts, anything you want to plug right now? Now's your time yeah, to do it. Um,
1: if you if you want to just get to know me more, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Papo Sosa, P-A-P-O Sosa, S-O-U-S-A. And uh, on Facebook, it's just my name, Ferity Sosa. And Twitter is Ferity Sosa as well. So you could just follow me on those two. And um, my cousin and I actually started a clothing store for the Black Lives Matters. So um, oh. see our story is SOS store on Instagram. So you could just add that SOS store and Instagram. And you could find like cool little t-shirts and cool little slogans that you could just you know, try to keep keep the movement alive and keep the word, uh, keep it vocal, you know?
0: That's awesome. No, definitely. Uh, everyone, go check that out. Did you say on Instagram it's at SOS yeah. store? Perfect, at SOS store. Uh, well, tremendous, farity. Uh It's been great talking with you. Have a great uh, rest of your day and best of luck with this upcoming season.
1: No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Path to Pro Soccer podcast. For more Path to Pro, you can follow at Path to Pro Soccer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm your host, John Russos, and you can also listen to me on the Here's My Thing podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. Until next time.